You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community. Welcome to the Daily Nationalist. Today's date is Friday, February 23rd, 2024. And you're listening to me, Grandpa Dan, streaming at RadioAlbion.com, wrapping up your work week. You probably, maybe you noticed, I don't know if anybody noticed or not, but there was no, I apologize, there was no Daily Nationalist up for Monday. I ran into a bit of a personal emergency and um, I wasn't able to get a show done. There wasn't anything, you know, like life-changingly bad it was it amounted to a plumbing emergency i was knee deep in mud on monday morning fixing plumbing and i was not able to get a show done so any of you that were looking forward to it if you noticed one there apologize for that as always i start the show off the daily nationals reminding we got our spin long shanks support links up uh, drop him an email, a postcard, maybe put a few bucks on his give, 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 send to go. I'll speak it here in a minute. We do want to continue to remember Sven. I highly recommend I really like the email service. It, it, it goes direct to, I mean, yes, there's going to be a delay because everything is red and has to be, you know, screened. So it kind of varies, you know, how long it takes for him to get it. And if you, if you do send it, there's a box or if you use that service, there's a box and you check that box that says, uh, request response from recipient and it'll take a little more money out of your uh, your email account and that pays for him to be able to respond so he doesn't have to do anything as far as paying to respond so and you know that that's that's a really uh, a really cool service I highly recommend especially if you don't live in Britain so if you're international I think it is the way to go what well, is Friday we're gonna wrap up the work week here we got the daily national wasn't here Monday to start your week off but I am here to wrap your week up, and I'm glad you're here for today's show. I don't, I didn't bring a news article to today's show. I, I had a whole bunch of things like bookmarked, like I'll come across a story and I'll bookmark it, and that's like, well, maybe, maybe I'll use that on the show. But uh, yeah, I've got all these bookmarks that apparently I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to use. I, I thought we would just kind of have a general discussion about something else about this irregular society about this irregular world because we don't i think oftentimes we don't appreciate the fact that we don't live in them i mean we do we realize that we live in clown world i i get that but people in general we don't people in general don't wrap their minds around that this is not normal and i don't just mean the clown worldishness of it i mean the entire system we're supposed to be close to nature we're supposed to, a normal way we should be living our lives is with our own hands. We, we make a living with our own hands. You know, we'll traditionally be farming or raising animals or, or something along those lines. You know, a man who was a bricklayer back in, in old times, he worked with his own hands. He was, he was a bricklayer. What we, you know, he, in other words, 
It was a form of self-employment. That man worked for himself. He had a skill. He was a bricklayer, and he worked for himself. If somebody needed a building or a wall built, they went to the bricklayer, and in, in exchange for payment, he would he would uh, build the wall or uh, the walls of his house or whatever. And we don't have that now. This whole society is structured around some form or another of servitude. Now, I wanted to get into that a little bit. I thought it'd be an interesting discussion. I just, again, I didn't really feel like going through news articles that you've probably read already and you're probably aware of. But just to appreciate that we do not live in anything remotely uh, like some sort of normal, what God intended, normal times. We live in a society that is structured around wage slavery and 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 indentured like a like a continual cycle of servitude and this in and of itself might would be tolerable you know i mean the fact that we have this system where people are expected to 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 quote unquote go out there and get a job to work for somebody to be in servitude to somebody that would even maybe be tolerable if people were extended, those people who were doing this work were extended some form of gratitude for making this society, this, this society we live in function and move forward. But on the one hand, this is what people are expected to do. And on the other hand, the people that make things work, make things run, this society endlessly craps all over those people. People are expected to go out and do something. Don't be lazy. Go get a job. And people do. They go get a job. And in, in response to that, they're more or less crapped all over. The people that make the society function. Who is valued and who is not. I was thinking about this before recording the show. And the society will praise and say, this man is important. A man who makes six, seven, eight figures maybe a year sitting in Wall Street at a hedge fund or something and moving numbers around on a computer and 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 skimming a cut off of the top. And, and he's doing this. People say, well, of course, he, he must be very, very important. And so as a society, we say the man that's sitting at a hedge fund in New York City, he, he's very important. He's an important person because he makes a lot of money. But yet the reality is, you know, what value does he really bring? On the one hand, they'll say this man who's doing whatever is very important. On the other hand, the man who picks up your garbage is treated like, well, garbage. He's not important. If he was an important person, he, he, he would be making more money. Instead, he's riding on the trash truck. And yet, the reality is, as a functioning society, if we were to have a functioning society, the reality is that if Mr. Hedge Fund guy, who's making six, seven, eight figures a year, moving numbers around on a computer, if he were to disappear tomorrow... How would that affect your life? More than likely, not at all, unless perhaps you have some money in his hedge fund, in, in which case he probably disappeared with your money. But more than likely, if the guy sitting around moving numbers around on a computer in New York City disappeared, you're not going to notice. I always laugh all the different times in my life. You know, the media will always, you know, they gauge the economy by what suits them and who's, 
you know, occupying the Oval Office or whatever. And at various times of my life, when we've had a crap economy, the media will try to gaslight everybody and tell them actually the economy is really good. Why just look what Wall Street is doing? Vice versa, there's times when people were doing pretty well and Wall Street was down and they're telling people, oh, it's doom and gloom. It's the end of the world because Wall Street, Wall Street has plummeted the stock values, plummeted. And people are like, regular people look around. It's like, what well, it hasn't affected my life at all? If the guy sitting around at a hedge fund moving numbers around on a computer disappears today, the odds are you're not even going to notice because you don't even know what he's doing. Hell, I don't even know what he's doing. And yet, if the trash truck guy disappears tomorrow, you're going to know it. Maybe not right away, but when they don't come pick up your trash this week, you're going to be like, hey, my trash is starting to pile up. Six weeks later, you're buried in garbage. The stink emanating from your house. <laughs> the stink emanating from your property. There's flies everywhere, all up and down your street. There's nothing but garbage piled up. You can't walk down the sidewalk. Because they're trash, and now the trash is starting to rot, stink. Dogs and crows and stuff got out there and spread the trash all around. Now it's filth everywhere. You're going to know if the trash truck guy quits showing up, if the trash truck guy disappears, which begs the question once again, who's really important? Who's really contributing something to society, to society functioning? It's much like how we treat our own bodies, how we treat our own uh, selves. We cover up the things that are embarrassing, you know, the things we consider dirty. You know, a woman really cares about her face. She'll cake makeup on her face to try to make herself look fertile and attractive, try to make her look like she's something she's not, whether it's younger or, or, or whatever. A man will work hard at the gym and brag about his gains and look at my muscles. He'll show off his muscles and, and look at my abs. I've got the, you're not looking at my abs. I don't got no six pack. I got a beer cake. No, I don't have a beer cake. But, you know, we'll show these things off. Man will pull up his sleeves. Look at these guns. A woman will try to dress herself up and she goes and she gets her hair done. And yet, what do those things mean? If, if a man loses his, his muscle tone, he still functions. The things a person doesn't brag about, the things a person overlooks and, and as such takes for granted. Nobody goes around and brags about, I'm not trying to be vulgar. I just, this is how you have to put it out there. A man, nobody goes around, man, woman, nobody, nobody goes around and says, yeah, well, you know, you look real great in your makeup. Hey, you, you, your arms, you're really strong. You didn't skip leg day. You know, you look, you look really muscular, dude. You look really strong. That's really great. Hey, let me tell you about the health of my asshole. My asshole is so healthy. And people will be like, what? <laughs> get away. And yet you cannot put the makeup on. You cannot get your hair done. You can skip the gym and lose your muscle tone and you're going to be okay. Your asshole quits working. <laughs> if Sven was here, he, he would be like, Grandpa, you cannot be talking about your asshole on the Daily Nationalist. This is part of the price we pay for Sven's absence. If your asshole quits functioning, you know what's going to happen? You're going to back up. Ultimately, your system is going to get poisoned and you're going to die. 
You may not be bragging about it. You may cover it up. You may, yeah, it's something embarrassing. And I ain't saying that you should be going around showing your ass. But the fact of the matter is you ain't going to live. If that quits working, you are going to die. You've got to have that to function and to live. And yet that's not the thing you go around and you brag about to people, is it? It's not the thing you go around and show. It is the things that we keep covered up that we wind up taking for granted. And yet it is those things that enable us to function. It's those things that keep us alive. It is much the same for a society, for any sort of civilization. You've got your things you show off. Oh, look at this guy. He's really important. He's got a nice car. He's got a lot of money. But if the trash truck guy quits picking up the trash, you know, if the people that keep things running, if the people that fix your car quit fixing your car, if the people that are out there, the linemen that are up there keeping the electricity going so you have your lights turned on, if those people go away, the people that as a society we act like are not important, if they go away, this whole thing is going to grind to a stop. Somebody sitting around moving numbers around on a computer, drawing big bucks. If the electricity goes up, the jig is up. The jig is up for everybody. We count on people doing things. And because of the way things are structured, people are not doing these things in a form of self-employment like the old-timey bricklayer uh, we referenced earlier. That's They're expected to get a job. They're expected to sell themselves into servitude. When you go to work at a job, you are literally selling your time. Now, I, I explain to people, because people don't seem to understand. Now, a lot of people that, 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 that are they're working hourly wage jobs, you know, they'll lose perspective. You know, they'll, they'll lose perspective about why they're there. You know, look, your, your employer, it doesn't matter what they're paying you. They're paying you. If, if somebody's paying you $20 an hour, understand that they're paying you $20 an hour because they have figured in that they can make $30 an hour off of your labor. They're, they're pocketing that, and they don't have to do anything. They're pocketing the difference. The day comes, they're paying you $20 an hour, and they do their numbers and run the numbers and do the calculations, and they figure out that they're only breaking even, or heaven forbid, they're only making $15 an hour, and they're paying you $20. You're going to be gone, just like that. You're, you're disposable. You're disposable as a wage slave. People remain locked in to the system. And one of the ways they keep you locked in, you know, they say, well, you're not a slave. You can quit. But what does that mean? You're going to quit and you go to work for another slave master. It is a form of, you know, they call it wage slavery. I, I refer to it rather as wage slavery because it is a form of servitude. You think about it, you, you're at your job and, and you know, you, you need to take a day off. You, you got to go see, say, an ill grandparent. You know, your, your grandmama's sick and you got to go see. You want to take a long weekend because you got to travel to go see your sick grandmama. You can't, you do not have the freedom, do you? You don't have the freedom just Friday you're going to take off and you're going to go see your sick grandmama. What do you got to do? You got to go hat in hand. You got to go to your employee. You got to go to your slave master. You say, massive. I really need to go see my sick grandmama. You know, it's it's dehumanizing, isn't it? You got to go beg permission because your time does not your own. You are sold into servitude. 
You have to hope your boss is in a good mood that day. And he says, well, I'd like for you to go see your sick grandma when she's on her deathbed. But uh, we got work to do. We got, what about this project that's got to get done? What about this? What about that? What about me and my money? It's servitude. And you've got to go along. The way they can, one of the ways they keep, one of the key factors that keeps people locked into this slavery system that they think isn't slavery is debt. You see, this is the cycle, wage slavery and debt. They keep you locked in. You see, you wouldn't truly be a wage slave if you don't owe anything. If you're just, if you're bringing home, you know, $600 a week and your expenditures are 200 bucks and you're putting the other 400 bucks in the bank and you're saving up money. And you got to go see your sick grandmama and your wage, your slave master tells you, no, you, you forget your grandmama. You got to stay here and work. You can be like, well, piss on you. I quit. I'm out of here. You see, because you have some freedom. See, but they keep, they don't, they keep you locked in. See, this is, this is the chain around your neck in this slavery that is a society we pretend is not actual slavery. Debt is how they keep you on the plantation. Debt is how they keep you on the work crew. You can't do that because you got this house payment to pay. You got a car payment to pay. You got these, you got bills to pay. You're making it check to check. I always see these news stories, you know, says, oh, these people are, are living check to check. It's so, it's so concerning. These people are living check to check. If they had a $500 financial emergency, they wouldn't be able to cover it it's acting as though they'll tell these stories and they'll act as though that's a bug rather than a feature. And it's a feature of the system. That's how they keep you in debt. That's how they keep you enslaved They keep you in this endless cycle of slavery and debt. You, you gotta, you, and you can sit here and say, well, yeah, but you know, the, the, the secret to that is to not get into debt. And, and yeah, that's, that's true on its face. But how realistic is that in this world that we live in? And really, how realistic is it? I think one of the big glaring examples of this is housing. Rents are ridiculous. And I mean, cost of living here in, in, in Texas is much lower than places like California or Yankee Land. Lower. And, and even here. Even here. Cost of living. I, I talk to people. And, and, and they'll tell me, you know, younger people, young couples trying to come up, trying to get started. And, and they'll tell me, you know, they're living in some little shitty apartment or something. And they're paying like sixteen, eighteen hundred dollars $1,800 a month, over $1,000 a month for rent. That just boggles my mind. It makes me feel my age. People are paying that for rent. That's money they're just throwing down the drain. They can't save up the money to buy a house because... It's all going to rent. They've driven the price of rental properties through the roof. You know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, if you were renting, say you were renting a little house, more than likely that little house was owned by some, you know, maybe an older couple that was part of their supplemental income for their retirement. And those days are gone. Now, if you want to rent a place, you go to some, it's owned by some property management company, which is probably, if you trace it far enough, some subsidiary or some connection to BlackRock. They've bought all these places up and driven the price of these rents up. More slavery. You're locked in. It doesn't matter what your boss do or your slave master does to you or how they treat you. 
If you don't put up with it, your option is being thrown out on the street. You're going to take a whole lot, aren't you? You're going to, you're going to put up with a whole lot of mess that otherwise maybe you wouldn't put up with. All of these various stressors on society, and we wonder why people snap and do crazy stuff. Just can't take it anymore. Back in the day, we called that going postal. People be snapping, going postal. We wonder why. Putting all these pressures. How are you going to save up the money to buy a house? You know, this is where older people screw this whole thing up and they'll tell you, you need to save up, just save your money and then you can buy a house. How are you going to save money when you pay $1,600 a month for rent for a shitty apartment? How are they supposed to do that? You got a car that's constantly broke down and your boss, your slave master fixing to fire you from your job because you keep missing too much work. You keep showing up late because you're hoopty. But if you go buy another car, you don't have the money. So what are you going to do? You're going to go in debt. Got to get a car payment. See, it's an endless cycle. It's like a meme, you know, it's like the meme I saw one time, you know, and it was like, I got to make, I got to show up to this job and work so I can make the money to make the car payment so I can drive to work to make the money. To, you know, it just goes on and on. It's the cycle. This is how they keep you locked in, locked into the slavery. You got to do it. They've got you locked in to debt. Well, the things I've come to realize is in this in this society, this whatever you want to call it, that we live in, your function, the way this system views you, is you were livestock. And you can sit there and people get offended by that statement. And that's fine. You can get offended all you want, but that is by definition how this system works. You are livestock that is meant to be milked for money. You exist to feed money into the usury system because the whole system is based on some form of usury. The whole system is designed to make money. You you exist like livestock. You're like sheep, you know, and, and, and sheep are meant to be shorn. You know, you, you grow the wool and they shear the wool off of you and sell it and they pocket the money. That is the easiest way, perhaps, you know, a simplistic way to view it. That is your reason for living. Why do you think many of these Western countries now have come up with euthanasia, you know? You know, you could just kill yourself. It's not because they're worried about you suffering, heaven knows. It's because if there's a tipping point and you're going to cost money, instead of being able to milk you for money, then they would rather you just die and go away. If you're born today, a baby that is born today, and you go to the hospital, they're charging something like eight, ten thousand dollars. I don't know what it is now. I know years ago it was eight thousand dollars. It's probably ten now. They're gonna charge you eight, ten thousand dollars to have a baby, to be born. You see, just to come into this world, they're going to milk you for money. You go and you become an adult, and then you spend your entire life feeding the system, feeding the usury system. They shear you every day. You sell your time. They shear you. You just make money. And then you get old or, or you have health problems. And now it's, it's the healthcare industry's time to shear you and make money. I was having a discussion recently with somebody about, uh, about you know, cancer, topic near and dear. And, and you know, I said, they, I, I'd laugh when anybody throws the idea out there of, quote unquote, a cure for cancer. 
My response to, all, to that is always, why would they do that? And they, people will look at me you know, with a puzzled look. Well, what do you mean? Why would they do that? would be a great thing. They could cure cancer. They're not interested. Do you think any of these pharmaceutical companies are researching a cure for cancer? I don't remember the numbers now, but when, when I had my first bout, you know, I looked into it and it was well north of a billion dollars a year industry in cancer, quote unquote, treatment. You see, all of the cancer research is about treatment. And that's setting aside these money scams like the was that that Susan Komen thing where they're always constantly raising money to, quote unquote, raise awareness like you don't know cancer exists. It's a money scam. No, the, these pharmaceutical companies, healthcare industries, they're interested in cancer treatments, preferably extremely expensive treatments. They're raking in well north of a billion dollars a year in cancer treatment. Why would they end that? A cure for cancer would put themselves out of that's going to cost them all of this money. There's absolutely zero incentive for them to ever do that. You get sick, something's wrong with you, then it's the healthcare industry's turn to shear you. You got to go to work, you fill your car up with gas. You know, the oil company, it's, it's their turn to shear you. Your entire life is spent. They're just shearing you. They're your livestock. And the minute they're, you're going to quit being profitable, they need you to die. And even then, in death, it's the final act. They get that. They literally milk that last penny out of you. You die. Your family goes to the funeral home and the funeral guy says, well, we can have a really nice funeral for you, for your loved one. It's going to cost you $20,000. That last, they milk you for that last damn penny to put you in the ground. That is the reality of your existence in this society. And that's not how we're supposed to live. We're not, I mean, yes, you have to work. You have to do something. You have to you know, contribute something. You have to make a living. This is a part of why we're here on this earth. We, you, you know, a part of our, how do I want to say, a part of our existence here on this earth is, is, is we have to contribute. We have to provide for ourselves. I mean, that's just normal. We couldn't do anything but just laying around. But this whole system, this usury system of a constant cycle where they keep you indebted, they keep you in slavery, this is not this is not how it's supposed to work. This is not a normal way that man should be living. It's all very much dehumanizing. I think some of the sometimes I think some of the weird stuff that they successfully promote among people is maybe the fact that you know we're so dehumanized under the system that we live under, this usury system that we live under, that people just want you know they they they're just seeking some sort of escape, you know, and they get off into this weird stuff, you know, just as a means of escape, just because the reality is so unpleasant to look at, so dehumanizing to look at that they seek all this different manner, all this different manner of escape. We look at the homeless person. You look at the homeless man sitting in a tent on the sidewalk and you think, man, how dehumanizing is this? 
But for that person, he sits there and he thinks, man, what am I going to do today? Maybe I'll walk down to Third Street and see if I can pick up some money begging down there. Where, where, where am I going to do what he does with his day? And I'm not saying being homeless is preferable, but as you go by and look at it and say, man, what a dehumanized person as you're on your way to your wage slave job, breaking, hoping you don't get stopped by the cop for speeding because you're running late and you don't want to get chewed out by your slave master. The homeless man, he looks at his life and says, I'm not that guy. Look at that guy. He's in a rush. He's in a rush to go to a job that he hates. You got to get there in time so he doesn't get chewed out. Because for some reason, <laughs> because for some reason, it's considered a huge offense. You're paid by the hour. If you're not there, they don't pay you. If you show up 15 minutes late, it is treated as a huge offense. You have hugely offended the slave master with your 15 minutes late that you showed up, that they're not even having to pay you for. It's no money out of their pocket, but yet you're in there and you're practically, you know, doing the Japanese down on the floor with your head on the floor begging for forgiveness because you're late. You go past the homeless guy, he's looking at you going, look at that slave. Man, I may be eating out of trash cans. I may be living in a box on the sidewalk, but you know what? I ain't in a hurry to go bow before my boss and apologize for being 15 minutes late and saving them 15 minutes worth of money. The company's going to fold up. That's another one of the way they'll, they'll get you. They'll lock you in there. You know, they'll tell you that, you know, they insinuate, you know, you're 15 minutes late. You're destroying the company or something, you know, with your 15 minutes late. They convince you that you're important, you know, that your employer will. And what are they saying when they say, well, you can't take off Friday to go see sick grandma because we got work to do. And you need to be here. And you tell yourself, well, you give yourself some consolation. I can't go see my sick grandmama, but at least I'm really important to the company. I'm so important that I got to be here. I got to be here. They got to have me. This company can't function without me. <laughs> this company can't function without me. And then as soon, as soon as it suits the company, as soon as it means an extra nickel in their pocket, they'll fire your ass. I encourage young people that one of the things I think is the most absurd form of this slave mindset is the two week notice. Two week notice. I tell young people all the time, young people will ask me if young people ask me. I tell young people all the time, they say, I'm going to quit my job. I found me another job, found me a new slave master. I'm going to go to this other job. And they like, you know, should I give the two week notice? I'm like, no, no, no. On the Friday before you're going to start Monday at your new job on the Friday at the end of the day, wait till the end of the day. So they can't jack with you. And at the end of the day, when you're about to clock out, you look at your slave master, you say, this was my last day. I quit. Because I can tell you 100% guaranteed. When the day comes that they decide to shit can you, you ain't getting no two week notice. They're going to tell you, get out the door. They may have security escort you off the premises. That's how you're going to be treated. And yet they convince people that you owe them. You see, you, they're doing you such a favor. They're doing you a favor. They did you a favor. I remember older people telling me this when I was young, growing up, you know, your employer's doing you a favor by doing you a job. They gave you a job. You owe them a two-week notice. For what? I sold them my time for $10 an hour, and they made $20 an hour. They, didn't, they weren't giving it to me out of, like, generosity. 
<laughs> they were profiting off of it. And now I'm going somewhere else. Why do I owe them a two-week notice? And again, the minute it becomes handy for them, it becomes more profitable for them, or you become a burr under their blanket, you can have security. Escort your ass off the premises until don't come back ever. You know? I mean, that's just how it is. See, in a society that's working the way God intended, where a man works by his own labor, a man owns his own labor. The bricklayer comes and he tells you, I'll build this, I'll build this brick wall around your property for you for this much money, and you pay him. He's his own boss. If he shows up and you act like an asshole to him, he can say, well, you know what? You can build your own brick wall and just leave. He doesn't have to answer to anybody. You see, he's not a slave. He's still working. He's still laying bricks, but he answers to no man but himself. This runs counter to the usury slavery system. If everybody was somehow working and owned their own labor and simply was working you know, for themselves, I mean, you're always working for somebody, you're selling what you can do to somebody else. But see, then you're not beholden to anybody. I say you show up to build a brick wall and you say, I'm going to charge this much money. I said, well, I don't want to. I ain't paying that much. And you said, well, go find somebody else. And you just leave. You don't have to have some emotional thing, no drama about it. You know, you, you own your own labor. It's up to you who you're going to sell it to. And you can see when you think of it this way, you can see how that runs completely counter to the way this whole entire system runs. This whole entire system is designed that you have to be livestock. You have to stay locked in to the debt servitude. You got to keep putting up with all the BS. You read all this stuff, you know, about, oh, this company, that company, they've come up with this new, you know, whatever gender pronoun gibberish and everybody's required to go to racial sensitivity training. And, and this, and you think, why do people put up with that shit? Because they're locked in. They're locked into that system. They have to put up with it. I remember during the COVID nonsense and people be like, man, I got to wear, I'd be like, I ain't wearing no damn mask and kiss my ass. I ain't wearing no mask. And people would tell me, be like, man, I got to wear the mask because I got to keep my job. You know, I got to keep my job. I'm locked into the system. And of course, when people accepted that, what was the next thing? Well, if you want to keep your job, you got to take the vaccine. You got to take the vax. Just like the mask. You took the first step with, with the mask. And then, well, the next step was, okay, now if you want to keep your job, if you want to stay on, Got to take the facts and people will be like, man, I don't want to take that facts, but I got this job. I got bills to pay. They'll throw me out on the street if I don't pay my rent. I got to make my car payment. I got, I got bills. I got, I, I have no way out. You're locked in. They could do whatever they want to, to you because you're locked into the slave mindset. You're locked in to this slavery usury system that we function under. I tell people, especially younger people, I tell younger people, and this is like, look, I've spent my whole life being a damn wage slave. Now that I'm kind of sort of more or less unemployable, <laughs> it's different now. But I've spent my entire life being some form of wage slave. And and and, and I get it. But experience, you know, because I have to, I, I'm one of those people, I seem to have to learn everything I am hard way for some reason. But anyway, I tell people, particularly young people, I say, look, you may have, you have no choice starting out because you got to learn. But I tell young people, your long-term vision should always be to be you constantly trying to figure out some way to where you're working for yourself, where you own your own labor. 
You're not selling your label, your, your label. You're not selling your labor for pennies on the dollar. You're not selling your labor to somebody else so that they can profit from it. You want to get into a position where you own your own labor. You are, you are in control of your own labor. This puts you in control of your own destiny as, as such as it is, you know, as far as worldly things, you know, where you're going, you, you don't worry about, you know, well, the company's going through a buyout and they're going to lay everybody off and bring these other people in, whatever you, you're not a slave to that. You don't have to worry about that. You know, again, if for a younger person to start out, you don't know anything. So to learn it, you, you may have to be, but you always should look at that as a temporary situation. I guess the overall point, what becomes normal to us is what we're used to. And it's easy to lose sight of the fact that nothing, there's nothing normal about any of this. This is not normal. This is not the way we're meant to live. And at least understanding that helps us to cope and understand with, you know, and function in the world that we live in. To understand that the way this whole thing, this is not normal. This is not the way we were intended to live. It's not supposed to be this way. And it's unsustainable. You, know, you see it all cracking and breaking down. Anyway, you know, it's not. It's not supposed to be this way. Anyway, I hope you got something out of the discussion. I I, I guess it was kind of rambling. I don't know. Maybe it's kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> I, maybe you were expecting some sort of, I don't know, divine, you know, huge you know, answer at the end of that. Find some way to be free. Find some way to be in control of your own destiny. Find some way to get back into ownership of your own labor. I should, I think that's ultimately should be everybody's goal. Try to figure out some way to own your own labor. It's hard to do. Everything's stacked against you because they want to keep you stacked against. If it seems like, you know, Things are stacked against you and it's hard to do. The answer to that is yes. It's not because there's something wrong with you. It's not because you're stupid. It's not because you don't understand or you can't figure it out. No, the entire system is designed to keep you in slavery. It's supposed to be hard. They don't want you to own your own labor. They don't want you to have any sort of sense of autonomy over yourself. They want to keep you a slave to the system. We're going to wrap up on that note. Thank you again for joining me. I apologize for again for not having a Monday show up. I'll try not to do that again. It's the first time since Finn's absence since that has happened. Um, I hope you'll get a chance to check out all our great content uh, here on Radio Alpine. So as always, keep the faith and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community.